The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today, on The Lab Report, we have Nicole Avina on again. Tying together fertility and nutrition. We discuss what to eat when you want to get pregnant. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. What's your favorite board game? Oh, Trivial Pursuit. Oh my god. Why? so boring. What? Oh my god. The only thing that makes it exciting is the pie. <laughs> Hello! Who doesn't love pie? <laughs> what a rip-roaring time. <laughs> Oh, I got the blue color. What's the country directly north of Albania? Hi, Michael Chapman. Hi, Patty Devers. How are you today? I am crushing it because I know that Albania is on the Adriatic Sea. Hey, you're right. This is fun. <laughs> anyway. I learned that on Cheers from the 90s. You know the show Cheers? Mm-hmm. It's a song about Albania. I thought it was about people always knowing your name. Hopefully you know our name. This is The Lab Report by Genova Diagnostics. Thanks for sharing. And uh, it's a place where we talk about functional medicine, specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics, and colored wedges, apparently. Well, if you're new to the show, welcome. If you are returning, thank you so much. And we hope that you'll go to iTunes or Spotify and perhaps subscribe to the show, mm -hmm. rate, review, leave us some feedback, some stars, all of that good stuff. If you have additional feedback, you can send it to podcast.gdx.net, such as, oh my gosh... Trivial Pursuit's the worst. What? Well, what's your favorite board game? If mine's so horrible, Shoots and Ladders? No, I was, I'm trying to think of a funny answer to that, like uh -huh. Battleship or something like that. Right. But actually, my honest, true favorite board game is Apples to Apples. What? Apples to Apples? Have you not played this? What? It's fantastic. Is it like a match game? No, essentially, briefly, the way it is is you've got you've got cards. You've got like seven cards in your hand. It's just random names of stuff like William Shakespeare, mm -hmm. black holes. You know, just mm -hmm. just random stuff. Mm -hmm. And then someone turns down a card in the center, which is like an emotion, like frustrating. And so everyone puts one of their cards down to match that emotion. And then the person who didn't play that hand picks which one is the best. And then you get a point. Seriously, you're gonna snore at that. It's called a party game, Patty. It's way too subjective. I don't it's think not anyone's a real game. ever referred to Trivial Pursuit as a party game. Dude, at least it's objective. Your game is too subjective. We should move on. Ugh, thank you. Well, today on the podcast, we're re-interviewing Dr. Nicola Vina, who you may remember from last fall. Mm -hmm. we Can't yeah. wait. Yeah, we talked to her about the effects of sugar on Ugh. your entire system. It was completely enlightening. Loved that like conversation. What sugar does to your brain. That's the PhD researcher who's famous for that. But she's also famous for a lot of other nutritional research. Right. And her most recent book is What to Eat When You Want to Get Pregnant. And so she's a specialist in the areas of fertility and wellness. So let's bring her on without her further ado. So, Patty. Yeah. We have on Dr. Nicole Avina. She's back. So, let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Nicole Avina. In case you missed her the first time, Dr. Nicole Avina is a research psychologist and neuroscientist who is an expert in the fields of nutrition, diet, and addiction. 
She received a PhD in psychology and neuroscience from Princeton University in 2006, followed by a postdoctoral fellowship at Rockefeller University. Dr. Avina presently holds a faculty position at Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York. She has published over 90 scholarly journal articles on topics related to diet, nutrition, and overeating. Her research achievements have been honored by awards from groups including the New York Academy of Sciences, the American Psychological Association, and the National Institute on Drug Abuse. Dr. Avina is the author of several books, including Why Diets Fail, What to Eat When You're Pregnant, and What to Feed Your Baby and Toddler, where she reviews the research on food addiction as well as the nutritional effects on brain development and behavior. Her latest book, What to Eat When You Want to Get Pregnant, has just released. Dr. Avina regularly makes public speaking appearances to discuss her research and discoveries throughout the United States, Europe, and Asia. She is regularly asked to speak to special interest groups, industry groups, and schools. She has appeared on several television news programs, as well as daytime TV shows, including The Doctors and The Dr. Oz Show. Dr. Avina's work has also been featured in many popular national newspapers and magazines. And with that... Welcome back, Dr. Avina. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me back. I'm so happy to be here to chat again. Yay. <laughs> well, many of our listeners will remember you from our last interview where we spoke to you about sugar and its effects on the brain. And in fact, I can't even tell you how many people I have emailed the link to that animated TED Ed talk that you yeah. gave. It became very popular. And oh, back, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So great. And, and we touched a bit on the importance of nutrition in that interview. But your new book, What to Eat When You Want to Get Pregnant just released, and it ties in nutrition with fertility and hormonal imbalance. What made you choose the topic of fertility with nutrition? Well, it's actually kind of interesting. So I got interested in the development of sugar addiction and what, you know, was basically the genesis of it. Where did it start? And that's what led me to do research in my lab on food intake during pregnancy and better understanding, you know, what are the foods that can maybe lead to sugar addiction and at what point in time can, you know, we basically cause addiction to sugar. And so that research led me to write my uh, other book called What to Eat When You're Pregnant. And then also the book that followed that called What to Feed Your Baby and Toddler, because we learned so much about the importance of that first thousand days of life during mm -hmm. pregnancy and through age two and how it has an impact on health outcomes later on and sugar addiction in particular. Mm -hmm. And then this latest book, What to Eat When You Want to Get Pregnant, it kind of came out of that research, but also the fact that when I myself was pregnant or trying to get pregnant, at least with my second daughter, I found that there really wasn't a lot of information out there for people to try to help them understand why nutrition was important for fertility. Hmm. And I think that we were missing something. And there's a significant amount of research that suggests not only can certain foods help to promote fertility, but also there's a lot of foods out there can actually be harmful for fertility. Right. And so I wanted to put this information together for people as a resource so that, you know, if they're thinking about getting pregnant or maybe trying to conceive actively, it can help to control something, especially your diet. Great. Great. And so, you know, on that, what would you say are some of the most important nutrients that should be focused on as it relates to fertility and preconception care for our patients? Well, I think it's important to point out that it goes, you know, for both men and women. This isn't something that is just about the women or about, mm -hmm. you know, focusing on what the woman's consuming it. A lot of it has to do with what the man is consuming, too. So that's why the book is really written for couples or written for, you know, people on both sides of the equation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's lots of things. I mean, if you think about, you know, the sort of top ones, I think that protein is certainly one that we need to consider because, 
we find that many people are protein deficient. And a lot of times that can lead to issues that are related to poor egg development and poor sperm health. Mm. Um, also, I think zinc is important. Zinc is something that basically is an element that makes up all of our genetic material. And if people have a deficit in it in the body, then it's going to lead to infertility. Mm -hmm. And so we need zinc in order to help to divide cells and to make uh, you know, protein and DNA synthesis. And a lot of times if people are deficient in it, then it can cause them to have you know, certain types of deficiencies in hormones that are necessary for pregnancy, like progesterone. And so those are two that kind of jump out. But mm -hmm. in the book, I kind of go through the, the litany of all the different micronutrients and macronutrients and why we need them and how they play a role in fertility. Sure. Do you find that doing something like a test or an evaluation, a physical exam for uh, nutrient status is, is helpful when working people up who are trying to get pregnant? I think it can help for sure. I think yeah. it's helpful to know if you do have any nutrient deficiencies. A lot of the nutrient deficiencies that people have, they have kind of blindly. They don't realize that they're deficient. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the symptoms of these nutrient deficiencies are the types of symptoms that you would have for other things yeah. like lethargy or, you know, maybe just feeling tired a, a little bit more often. And it's not always directly linked, at least obviously at first to the certain nutrient that you're not getting enough of in your diet. Right. And so I think having a, a gauge of where people are nutrient wise can certainly help and can make it a little bit easier for us to figure out where we have to fill in the blanks and to, you know, make sure that people are getting back on track with eating the right foods. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I think most of the audience would understand it. It's intuitive that a woman's diet would be important in fertility. And you mentioned that's equally as important for men. And you talked about protein. Are there ways that some of those other micronutrients as well can help men as far as motility of sperm, et cetera? Oh, absolutely. And so there's a lot of different things. So for instance, selenium, that's one that's important for men. Selenium is um, something that you can get from things like Brazil nuts. Mm -hmm. And we need to have selenium because it is important, especially um, for men, because it can have an impact on testosterone levels and also on sperm count. And so if people are deficient in selenium, then they run the risk of being deficient in having enough testosterone and also having lower sperm counts. Mm -hmm. Another interesting one is um, lycopene. Lycopene is something that is found in tomatoes. And this has been shown to help improve sperm motility and health. And it's also really interesting that it's the processed tomato sauce that right. actually contains yes. more lycopene. Right. Um, so this is the one time that I'll ever say eat the processed food <laughs> over the, the, um, yeah. you know, the actual tomatoes because it can actually improve the amount of uh, lycopene you're ingesting. Interesting. Right. Right. Interesting. And that's interesting as it relates to men. You know, there's been actually some more recent things coming out too of uh, concerns around overall sperm counts dropping over the last few years and expectations of how that might continue. And and potential relationships to other things that might be we want to avoid. So you alluded to that earlier, things that not only we want to make sure we're getting in our diet, but things that we want to avoid. Can you speak to that for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of things that, you know, we want to avoid in our diet that can have an impact on fertility relate to the chemicals. And this is really where, you know, the concern is coming when it comes to sperm health and the fact that we're seeing this trajectory where, you know, most couples are going to need assisted reproductive technology 
in the next 20 or 30 years if the sperm Mm. counts keep falling the way that they are. And so um, a lot of these chemicals are things that, you know, are put into the food supply via, you know, pesticides and, um, you know, just some of the different ways in which we now farm. And we're finding that a lot of these heavy metals and other things are having a negative impact on our fertility health. But there's also the impact that certain ways we prepare food can have on our fertility. Hmm. Uh, We know like, for instance, when you blacken fish or blacken chicken and prepare a food that way, Hmm. that can actually cause certain types of chemicals to form from the high heat being used that interacts with the fat in the particular food that not only can be carcinogenic, but are known to have a negative impact on fertility. Hmm. And so it's not just about avoiding chemicals. It's about making sure that you're preparing foods in ways that aren't going to introduce chemicals into mm-hmm. our diets. Right, right. Right. Well, even as far as specifics around the diet, you know, people champion all different kinds of diet. What advice would you give a vegan or vegetarian patient looking to optimize their nutrition prior to pregnancies? Like, do you have specific concerns there? No, I think that people can live vegan, vegetarian lifestyles and have very successful chances at getting pregnant. There's no reason to think that you know you're putting yourself at a disadvantage fertility-wise mm-hmm. if you're following a vegan or vegetarian diet. But you do need to be mindful of the types of foods that you're eating. I think that most people who are vegans or vegetarians are well educated on what it means to be a vegan or vegetarian and the types of foods that you need to be consuming, not just, you know, that you're avoiding meat, but that you're consuming a variety of foods that are going to allow you to get all the nutrients that you need from non-animal sources. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the one thing we need to be mindful of is sometimes people who are vegan or vegetarian run the risk of being uh, iron and B12 deficient. Mm -hmm. And so it might be necessary to take a supplement um, if you are following a vegan or vegetarian diet and not getting enough of those nutrients. And this is largely because, you know, B12 in particular can be somewhat difficult to get from plant-based sources. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's sometimes necessary to take a supplement. But that's something that you could discuss with your doctor. If you're thinking about getting pregnant, it might be a good idea to just check to see if you are deficient in anything so that you can... Um, rectifying deficiencies. Right, 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 good. Right. You know, one question is, in our kind of health-conscious patients, are there seemingly these quote-unquote healthy foods um, which might actually be hindering or interfering with a uh, patient's ability to get pregnant? You know, sometimes we think about, you know, like we were alluding to before, you are saying a lot of our vegans, vegetarians are well-informed, but, you know, some also kind of migrate more towards the processed form of things as well. So are there like, healthy foods that, that might be a problem or that stick out? Yeah, so there are a couple, and I talk about this in the book. I have, you know, a chapter that's focused on the 20 foods you should avoid or limit when trying to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And some of them are a little bit eye-opening and shocking. They're not the things you would expect to see. Um, but one of the things that, you know, is a food that we tend to see that can harm fertility that's often typically viewed as being healthy is fish. Now, I'm not saying we need to shy away from all fish. It's really just certain types of fish, like, for instance, swordfish. And swordfish is one of the types of fish that you want to avoid eating due to the fact that it has a high mercury content. Sure. Right. And mercury has been shown to cause reproductive problems not only in men but also in women. And it's also been shown to have the ability to cause damage to a baby's neurological development if the fetus is exposed to mercury in utero. 
So we want to make sure that we're, you know, avoiding high mercury fish like swordfish. You can opt for something that has less mercury, like salmon is a good option because it all also has um, an excellent source of omega-3 fatty acids, which are important for brain development. Mm -hmm. And also Atlantic Pollock is another one that um, people can consider giving a try because Pollock is a member of the cod family and it's a white flaky fish that has a mild flavor. And it's also important to our diet because it's, again, lower in mercury, but it's going to be high in many of the nutrients that we get as a benefit from fish. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like an expansion of periconception care, right? Where, you mm-hmm. know, we tell pregnant women to avoid, you know, fish that might be high in mercury, but we don't really speak to it as far as preconception care. Um, and that, you know, it's also a similar sort of thing where we tell them not to eat high mercury fish, but then we don't talk about maybe organic foods or things like that. Yeah, it's true. And I think that, you know, with my experience with the pregnancy dietary advice is that it's very rudimentary and almost barbaric in the sense (laughs) that, you know, we tell people don't eat raw hot dogs, don't eat deli meat, don't eat, you know, the things that we know we're not supposed to eat. right? Right. Right. But we don't focus on telling people what they should eat. Instead, it's all don't do this, don't do that. But there's so much that you can do to capitalize on the benefits of healthy food that we often ignore. And I think that's my goal with the books that I've been writing is to give people the tools to make positive changes in their health by simply changing the way they eat. It's not about not eating the bad stuff. It's all about eating the good stuff. And we got to help people to do that. I love that. And, you know, even when we're talking about fertility, we know everyone's going to go out and get your book, what to eat when you want to get pregnant. But besides nutrition, in the midst of your research for that book, did you find any specific metabolic concerns that were more important to hinder fertility than others? Well, I think that, you know, one of the things that we're seeing in society is that the person who's entering a pregnancy these days or trying to get pregnant is unfortunately already overweight or obese just because the average American is Mm -hmm. overweight or obese. We have, you know, 70% of the country is in that category now. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that status alone puts people at risk for having complications with their health that can be detrimental to fertility that can make getting pregnant a little bit more difficult. And we're also seeing that over the course of the past, you know, 15, 20 years, more and more couples are putting off having a baby until later in life. Mm-hmm. And so we're finding that, you know, women who are trying to get pregnant maybe are in their 40s or maybe, you know, are in their late 30s. And that window of opportunity has already shrunk. And just due to simple age and age-related changes that we have in fertility. And so I think that it's important that, you know, we kind of keep this in mind that we're we're moving up against a hill here in the sense that, you know, we're talking about people who are already at risk for having fertility related problems because of excess body weight and also because of the fact that they tend to be older. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that the book can hopefully help with because we kind of talk about, you know, ways in which you can promote good health, promote good nutrition, and that can inevitably lead to weight loss. And it can also help to improve your fertility outcomes as well. Yeah. And it's interesting, right? Because that ties back into our previous conversation about sugar and kind of just the overall right. impact of sugar, not only during con- during perinatal care, but but preconception care. And um, likewise, do you find that that sugar might also have an impact as it relates to the developing baby, even as, you know, sugar consumed during preconception care? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I don't, we don't really have the answer to that, but I would say most likely it's a yes. And that's just because of what we know about epigenetics mm-hmm. and the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, what we're engaging in, what we're eating in, eating now before we even have children can have an impact on our genetic makeup and we can pass that on to our children or our grandchildren. And so I think it's all the more important that, you know, we really focus on nutrition and understand that it is a powerful tool. And often we're finding from the research that it's not just about, you know, how it impacts us personally, it can impact our offspring and our offspring's offspring. Mm -hmm. And so we do need to be mindful about what we're putting into our bodies. Yeah. I like that. Like that biochemical messenger for epigenetics, which is awesome. Well, Again, Dr. Vino, we're so grateful that you came back to the show and we're going to try to get everyone to go to drnicolavina.com and and to go check out her latest book, What to Eat When You Want to Get Pregnant. But before we let you go, we do have one last off-topic question, which you might remember from the last time we spoke. We asked you about soup. Yeah, we we tend to end with a ridiculous question. We asked you about soup and you gave a fantastic answer. Um, I hope you don't mind me asking you this today. We've been on a a little bit of a topic related to animals and we were wondering, do you have a favorite wild animal? Oh, interesting question. I actually do have a favorite wild animal. My favorite wild animal is a fox. Whoa. Love it. I love it. Why? They're just beautiful. Yep. They are. I, I, I don't know. I, I actually got the opportunity to see one up pretty close in the wild with my daughters not too long ago when we were driving home. We live kind of in the suburbs in the country. Uh-huh. Believe it or not, there is country in New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> and um, we were driving down a road where there was a farm and this fox was just beautiful and it was got really close to our car and we were able to pull up and look at it. And Aww. I don't know. I just find them to be very majestic looking and I just think that they're beautiful animals. I That's, agree. That, I, I agree with well. that too. That's yeah. beautiful. And I will say, Michael, we've had some really interesting answers to this question. Everyone's so, so different. I love it so much. And it seems like everyone like knows right away. Like, yeah. Like, Oh it's, yeah. It's pretty amazing. So, anyway. <laughs> but Dr. Ravina, we're so grateful that you came back to the show. And like I said, we're going to encourage all of our listeners to check out your brand new book and congratulations with all your amazing work. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, it is really important work what she's doing. Yeah. Because if you think about her prior books, it was what to eat while you're pregnant, then what to feed your baby and toddlers. But we often don't think about how important nutrition is, even preconception. Yeah, it's sort of like if you think about the womb as like your house and you're having, you're like, I'm going to have a friend over to my house. And then when your friend gets there, you're like, oh, I need to start cleaning things up. And like as compared to like maybe you should sort of clean up your house before you have the friend come over. Okay, that might actually be your best metaphor, which isn't saying much because yours are usually terrible, but that one was really good. Thanks. That was almost a compliment. <laughs> but even still, that's only half the story because you just talked about the womb and the woman needing to, to clean up their nutrition and preparation for this. There's still, what about the man's part? As Dr. Avina pointed out, so it's important. I mean, based on the conversation we're having, I uh-huh. feel like one of the first steps for men in general and as it relates to preconception is for the man to just recognize that he's a part of the household. <laughs> like he doesn't have an apartment somewhere else. <laughs> no, but seriously, what we're trying to say is that men's health is really important in fertility as well. Yeah, and especially nutrition. It's not often thought about. We always think hormones and, and other things, but nutrition is vitally important. So I'm really glad we had Dr. Avina on. No, we should do a part three. Next time on The Lab Report, we play board games on air. I'm going to bring my Cheerio Pursuit cards. Please don't.
been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. You ever get one of those pie pieces stuck in there the wrong way? Oh, what a pain in the butt. It never comes you, out, How man. do you get that out? Yeah. No amount of banging on the no, table. A knife, no, get knife, a butter is knife. too thin. That's the worst. But I think the bigger question is, mm. why the pie imagery? Like, why, do, why are there pieces of a pie? Patty, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> pie clearly is inferior to cake. Why have pie when you can have cake? Why do Trivial Pursuit when there's so many more interesting Whoa. games out there? Why are we competing against each other about how many random little factoids we might know? Let's just Whoa. let's just get on the floor and play Twister. <laughs>